with that, hi and welcome to After the Hype. With me, your host, always is Brian. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso. Hi. Jonathan Hardesty. Yep. And Ryan James. Yeah. Uh, our special guests today are Elliot Campos. Hi. And Koi Jandro. Hello. Uh, before we get started on stuff here, I'm going to let Elliot and Koi tell us where they can find them online. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Escape E-L-L and listen to my other podcasts. One which is very relevant to this episode you're about to listen to is called Superhero Sampler, where me and Samantha talk about the highs and lows of superhero television. Another one is Beyond School, which is an audio play about a teenage girl who battles evil aliens. Those are both on Internet Tunes. Internet Tunes, perfect. (laughs) Yeah, so you can check them out there, Beyond School and Superhero Sampler. Thank you. Koi? I, uh, I host Marvel Movie News for After Buzz and Popcorn Talk, and that airs live every week Thursday at 1.30 PST, and then it airs uh, after that on iTunes as well. And the live chat's really cool, so I encourage anybody to come, and I try to keep up with the live chat while we're going, which is a whole other animal. Uh, <laughs> and then you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Koyjandro, which is C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U, and at many coffee shops in Los Angeles. Physically, you can find me. At those places. I really hope that's the only one that our listeners take to. It's like, I'm going to go find I'm gonna him. I'm stalk this man. <laughs> Where do I find him? Coffee shop. Indie coffee shops, not chains. That'll help you out in Airtown. All right. Oh, I, I draw the line at Starbucks. Yeah, excuse me, yeah. guys. There's a lot of Starbucks around. I don't know if I stand for it. <laughs> coffee bean and tea leaf. Ugh. Who do you think you are? Uh, okay, so we're going to get started with a where have you been doing. Uh, I will go first. I have been playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate's DLC uh jack the ripper and it's been really good like surprisingly better than the game i want to say although i really liked the game i thought it was the best one they've had in a while uh but this one i thought was cool because it does it actually gives you new tools for the first time really in a long long time like they actually make kind of gimmicky tools they're all fear-based because you're fighting jack the ripper so it's all about like scaring your enemies (laughs) as opposed to just killing them and as they don't really work that well but they're still cool and therefore i like it um, but if you don't have the game, you can't play it, which I really, I mean, I understand why they do those certain games, but it's such a standalone experience. It's kind of like, well, you should just sell this cause it's kind of better and shorter than your 40 hour, pretty good game. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance to play it, I highly recommend it. I'm not going to talk your ears off about it. So that's it for me. Uh, for my, where have I been doing? I, yesterday I caught myself up on the flash and arrow cause I was like three episodes behind on both. Um, I'm very happy with the direction that they're both going. The, uh, if you're not caught up, I'm not going to spoil too many things. But it, the Flash is starting to get like really like spiritual. Like he spent some actual time inside the Time Force and talked to the Time Force. Speed Force. Speed Force. Sorry. Not Doctor Who. Oh my God. <laughs> Speed Force. That's a big mistake right there. Uh, but I loved it. Like. It was such a beautiful episode about, it was kind of like his Spider-Man moment of, of like, you have to like get over your emotions and do the things you have to do and accept the tragedies in your life and it just turned out beautifully. And I finally watched the episode with them dealing with Laurel's death on uh, Arrow and the episodes after that. And I actually kind of liked how they, I was thought it was like stupid when they killed Laurel, but then the follow-up Boiler. episode, oh, come on. Oh man! Uh, actually, it did really well, and but I was frustrated at the last episode when Arrow had to go learn ma- magic, and <laughs> they create an entirely new character instead of using Zatanna. I'm like, come on, guys! You talk about Constantine hooking him up with a woman. 
and we get there. She's a beautiful brunette, and she's not Zatanna. What the hell? <laughs> it's a completely original character, which I guess you can do, but you're... Why not? You, unless they're coming up with some magical way to bring her in later. Who knows? All right, I'll go next. Uh, I rolled a new character in Fallout 4. Oh, no. And I've just decided that I'm going to ignore the main story. I'm going to still do it, but just not treat it with as much importance because Bethesda didn't. Um, <laughs> but there's also expansions. The DLC has been rolling out every month. And so there's uh, Automatron, which you fight against the Mechanist. And the, you can basically build robots as companions and fight them against each other. Pretty cool, but I still have to get there. That's like level 15 or something. So it's BattleBots. BattleBots. Basically BattleBots. <laughs> and it looks really fun. And then there's the Wasteland Workshop where you can actually capture things and make them fight against each other. So make cage matches. So you can capture a Deathclaw and fight him against raiders in a little cage match. As long as you build the cage correctly, of course. <laughs> they don't escape. But yeah, so there's some cool things to kind of explore and do that aren't story related that I'm kind of excited to get into. Awesome. Now that you you know you kind of get rid of the story elements like okay, you this is just a playground and that's actually making it a lot more fun for me. That's, that's how, how I always treated it. Yeah. No. That's how I treated it for like the 15 hours I played and then I went, eh, I got my money's worth." Ah, <laughs> oh, but Fallout 3 had such a an epic story. I was kind of hoping for yeah. more of the same, but yeah, we, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've actually been listening to another podcast. It's been a while Cheater. since I know, Cheater. right? <laughs> not about movies so oh, it's, it's cool the cracked podcast has been really good they have totally random topics like narcissism and american culture and it's just really enthralling cracked like crack.com mm-hmm. okay. i love that site yeah their uh, editor is the host of the podcast I believe. oh that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah the whole site's brilliant yeah they have really good writers in it like surprisingly good for like what they are like it's like you wouldn't expect that quality of writing i never right. read cracked the magazine but the site has enthralled me for like a decade it's a yeah. totally new yeah. game i mean it has nothing to do with it cracked it always seemed like a ripoff of mad to me it the was magazine. yeah right they, t- they even say it was yeah but they've done way better mobile wise yeah. than yeah. Matt has. And I've learned so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a very informative site. You do. And they get their writers on uh, on the podcast as well and, like, talk at length about their things that end up, you know, being top five lists or whatever on the website. I'll check that out. It's yeah. awesome. They were BuzzFeed before BuzzFeed and they did it better. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. More real. <laughs> Elliot? I saw The Walk recently. Have you guys talked about that before? Yeah. Mm. Uh, we mentioned it back when we saw it on How IMAX. How wonderful it is. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. I am kind of a little baby i'm terrified of roller coasters i can't handle going that fast and being turned upside down and feeling like you're gonna die <laughs> i like the movie equivalent of that where if you know if joseph gordon levitt tumbles 120 stories to his death i'm still okay <laughs> but i really love filmmakers like robert zemeckis who can create that anxiety within you you know, I watch a lot of movies and a lot of times I'm just sitting there kind of bored waiting for it to be over. And when a movie can get that kind of visceral reaction from me, he even did a couple years ago with Flight. I don't Flight think Flight was surprisingly good. I I wasn't a huge fan of that movie, but the plane crash sequence yeah. at the beginning, you know, I watched that on my laptop in my kitchen and I was still like gripping the chair and holding my breath. Like Robert Zemeckis, I think it's a shame that he kind of spent a decade in that mocap the Realm. Uncanny Valley? The well, yeah, in the I, Uncanny Valley. I haven't seen any of those films because I can't handle that. I, just, I I think they're good, but they just have that uh, that Uncanny Valley feeling yeah. where this looks unnatural and weird, and you can't 
delve into it as you can with something that is less scary looking. <laughs> and when, you know, the scary creatures are little kids going on a train to see Santa Claus, there's a disconnect <laughs> there. So I think The Walk is an absolutely brilliant movie. There was a documentary about it 10 years ago, Man on Wire. I yeah. saw that at the time and loved it. Mm-hmm. And so for him to come so late to the party with a dramatization of it and still just knock it out of the park, it really makes me support Zemeckis all that more. He's somebody that I think should be held in higher esteem as a filmmaker. And I hope that The Walk didn't do that well at the box office. I hope the next project he has really gets him more attention and praise. I hope so too, because I mean, The Walk. It was really one of those things where all the critics like you have to see it, and you should see it in IMAX 3D, and which we like, did, which we did. But like, yeah. and everyone said it, and then people are just like, "Yeah, but the trailer's dumb." Oh, we had so many friends that I got like almost like mad at that I'd be like, "You need to see this movie," and they're like, "No, it looks boring." I'm like, "It might look that way, but when you're watching it, like you said, you get such a emotional connection to his character and." For you feel the danger that he's in, but then you also feel his glee at him being able to accomplish this. I watched it on my television. I had the magic of the remote control where I could pause <laughs> it and hyperventilate. A little bit. <laughs> I can only imagine you guys in the theater, and it just keeps continuing every time. Uh, I would, his name I is jumped Petit. And I would like. Yeah. I got scared every time we did a twirl on the wire. I was just like, "Oh my god, you're gonna <laughs> die!" I mean, oh just my god, him, you did it. Just him walking out onto that girder mm-hmm. and yeah. lifting up one foot and extending his arms out. I'm just like, "You're giving me serious anxiety right now." <laughs> so good. I saw it the Chinese, and that that theater's perfect yeah. for that. Oh, it man. is such a shame that it didn't make more money. Uh, so I have been reading incessantly and listening to another couple podcasts. Uh, this guy, Tim Ferriss, uh, I've been listening to his podcast and he's a really interesting dude. He's, he's the guy that wrote the four hour work week mm-hmm. and his okay. whole thing is about like self-improvement, but in a radical sense. So basically becoming the best version of yourself in the shortest time possible with maximum effort. Uh, and basically I've just been, I've been doing a bunch of weird human experimental stuff, just trying to like see if I can be a 10% better person every day. So I try to like either run 10% farther, lift 10% more, read 10% of a book every single day, and then eventually, you know, going for that superhuman status. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like reading comics has always been extremely inspiring for me. And now that we live in an age of uh, superheroes as a societal norm, I, I think it's really exciting to see what people can do with that. And I think technology should be used to consolidate time. Uh, and I think that like we're always afraid of robots taking over, but I think if robots take over, it gives us more time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm just trying to use my um, use my free robot time better. And uh, I, I think reading is a is a lost art for our generation. So I've been trying to like get back into like old Alan Watts and 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 just read more. You know, the literature we're supposed to read in high school that we didn't really care about. Um, but yeah, so I've been reading a lot. I've been seeing a ton of movies. I've seen Civil War three times, uh, which is, you know, nine hours of my life this week. Which You I got didn't... to see it nice and early, didn't you? Yeah, I saw it. I saw the press screening on Monday. Nice. Uh, so the Monday awesome. before. So I've seen yeah. it two weeks ago and then again. And not talking about it for that week was the <laughs> hardest thing. <laughs> seeing Civil War two weeks before, like everyone else, was so hard to just be like, trust me, it's so good. Uh, the you only get on London time and be, like talk to those guys. I talked to so yeah. many people like on Twitter across the seas because yeah. they'd already seen it. Uh, the only thing I tweeted was Debt Bluth Staircardo, and that way I could like see if anyone had seen that little Easter egg and uh, then tweet at me, and then I'd do that it was safe because that was such an obscure reference. Like I, I didn't even get that. At what the is that? at the airport when they're running through, he's like, "There's our there's our ride," and he points off, and 
then he points directly at a Bluth stair car. Like there is literally like the stair car. And I, and I was like, oh no, they're not gonna. And I got super stoked. And then they like run past the Bluth stair car and I was like, man. But like apparently I saw that and it was like a giant focal point, but no one else saw it. So I just sounded insane. So I was like, guys, it's the best part of the movie. They're like, what are you talking about? Uh, but yeah, Civil War changed my life. I, I loved that movie so much. And uh, I also saw Everybody Wants Some last week, which was so good. Uh, which I thought would do like much like the walk. I thought would be a bigger thing. Um, like the spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused, like the biggest cult movie, one of the biggest cult movies ever. I thought the sequel would be like a rave hit, and everybody's no. just like, "It's I enjoyed it. It's a cult movie. I it's just, not going to be a rave hit. I keep wanting It'll cult <laughs> movies to do well in the beginning, yeah. not just at the end. They're yeah. not pushing it very hard at all. No, no, they pushed it really hard for like we're making it. It's going to yeah. be great, and you'll see it on DVD. Oh, we'll by the way, it's it. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we know you will wait till DVD, yeah. so yeah. we'll push it yeah. then. So I, I really dug it. I recommend anybody gets a chance to see it. It's like hanging out with your friends in the 80s, which is what we all aspire to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get started on today. Today is... Uh, <laughs> It's it's a good one. <laughs> uh, we're doing one of our versus episodes. So with the idea of the upcoming X-Men Apocalypse, we decided it'd be a good idea to do a versus episode of the two movies that were almost the apocalypse of the X-Men movie <laughs> franchise, which nice. is X-Men 3 The Last Stand and X-Men Origins Wolverine. Two uh, uh, men enter, both men suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to really thank Elliot and Coy for coming on today. <laughs> Many people rejected this uh, this date because they didn't want to watch these two movies. I <laughs> will say my, my favorite thing that I got was... When I was asking people to do this, Corey was very generous. He's like, yeah, sure, I saw those recently. I could do that. When I asked Elliot, his response was, wow. <laughs> One time. <laughs> I remember I rewatched them because I wanted to see them before Days of Future Past, just in case. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, they maybe they're better than I remember. And when you asked again, I was like, PTSD flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, what am I doing? <laughs> When, when Brian told me about it, I was just like, ah, oh, hashtag marriage. I have to. <laughs> It'll work out. It'll be great. Uh, so really quick, the numbers for this. Uh, X-Men 3 was a disappointment at the box office. It did not do nearly as well as they thought it was going to, especially after X-Men 2. It cost 150 It made 179 which was Oof. not great. Worldwide, it ended up making 373 so it made its money back. Yeah. But you could see why they're like, we need to rework things after <laughs> this one came out. Wolverine. More yeah. Wolverine. Wolverine. Oh, sorry, those were the Wolverine numbers. The last stand <laughs> numbers. Less Wolverine. Were, less Wolverine. <laughs> the last stand numbers were the exact same. So it cost 210 It made 230 So it was the exact same problem of like, yeah. we're going to throw a whole bunch of money in it. We didn't really make anything back. And so that's how we ended up with eventually getting first class, which didn't did very well. I always wonder, though, how much the leak actually did affect the box office. Of Wolverine? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where like, I worked in a movie theater when Wolverine came out, and I, I we were very, very fortunate on opening night to get Hugh Jackman to come and intro the movie. And it's just because he happened to be in Chicago at the time. And special side note, Hugh Jackman shook my belly as he walked by, which was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. Uh, oh, Wolverine, <laughs> oh, that's wow. amazing. I had to open I'm the door, and he just walked that. by. I was like, ha! And then he walked away. It's like... The fuck was so that? Weird. <laughs> I'm oh, glad he made that yeah. super memorable, unforgettable moment as awkward yep. and Dude, uncomfortable yeah, as possible. Yeah, it was very weird. But then after the movie, we had to stay and clean up the theater, and the people walking out were like, "That was just horrible." <laughs> and it was like it was kind of too bad because everyone was so excited that he was there, and then he mm-hmm. left about 20 minutes in, and then went out and like took pictures with like uh, our um, staff and whatnot. He was super super nice, great guy. Uh, but then, like, it was just so sad to see everybody walk out. It's like whether or not the leak happened, 
the fans did not help this at all because they were like, oh, should I see it? No. This was for Wolverine, right? Yeah, for Wolverine. That was the worst part of Wolverine Origins for me is how much I love Hugh Jackman and how much he cares and then knowing that he also had to watch that movie. Yep. (laughs) Hugh Jackman had to watch Wolverine Origins. He left 20 minutes in. That's true. That's true. When he sat down, he's like, hey, I'm going to watch the whole thing with you guys and then he snuck out 20 minutes. (laughs) Because he had already gone to the premiere and been like, no, never again. Don't want to do this. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, So really quick, I'm not going to read a whole review because we're going to have plenty of that today, but uh, on Metacritic, neither one of them did as bad as you'd think, which I think is interesting. So uh, X-Men The Last Stand actually right now has a current higher rating than Apocalypse, which say what you will about that. Uh Um, I'm still excited for Apocalypse. I will make up my own own mind, damn it. Clearly, I like Batman versus Superman. Um... (laughs) So Last Stand has a 58 on Metacritic, which is not good, but not terrible. And Wolverine had a 40. <laughs> Still not in the red for either one of them, which I find very surprising. What is the red? The red is anything lower than 40. Oh, man. So it hit 40. Right. Okay. I was like, that right sounds like the red to me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to that school where 40% is passing. Yeah. yeah. 40% is just made it. <laughs> you got two questions right. It's a D minus. Yeah. It's a D minus. Yeah. Yeah. Liberal, keep going. The liberal arts college of <laughs> movie reviews. Yeah, that's the Columbia College Chicago <laughs> review. That's a participation <laughs> ribbon. That's what that oh. is. Yeah. You showed up. It's a gold star from Kmart. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so before we start getting to this thing, we got to do the breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Should we make them do it at the same time? Will it be better or worse? I don't know. So we're literally talking the same thing. Literally seconds, talking just, over okay, each other. You know yep. what? That's what the movie felt like anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so you guys get 30 seconds. You ready? Mm-hmm. Go, 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 go. So Wolverine in X-Men 3, the basically, they discover boy, the cure for mutant kind. And in the cure for mutant kind, it divides mutants. So they have one side who believes in the thing, and the other side doesn't believe in the thing. So they go forward, and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants is trying to destroy it, while the X-Men try to defend it while also not believing in it. Some of the X-Men defect and decide to go get the cure and they have to decide what's more important, mutant kind or feeling free. And some people need to feel free, but other people don't think it's an option. Which leads to a giant fight at the very end which everyone dies, and for some reason the original trilogy is negated. (laughs) Wow, you both did a really good job. Like, that was kind of annoying. Like Usually when I have you both go, it's like, it's a horrible time. But like you both ignored each other perfectly. I was like, focus. Laser focus and just plowed through it. So I got nothing. That was, was that 30 that was, seconds? Yeah. It was exactly 30 <sighs> seconds. Your focus was better than the directors in this. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, was, well, you see, I read the X-Men, unlike I think the directors, so I yeah, felt like I yeah. could focus on the X-Men. It helps when you're a fan of the <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Okay, so I guess nice. we're going to get started for today. Well done, yeah. both of you. I'm a little annoyed at both of you. If, if you guys want to, you get to insult Brian. That is true. That is the rule. If you want to well, insult me, you're, can, you're welcome to. Can I walk up to him and, and like shake his like belly? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's the consolation prize, a belly jiggle. You know, it's good enough for Wolverine. It's good enough for me. God, I'd never want to experience that again. Although, if I ever do get to meet him again, I'd be like, why? <laughs> what about me said, I'm shaking that guy's belly? <laughs> Well, he's from Australia, so who knows? Is that just the Australian handshake? Yeah, maybe it's the Australian handshake. Good day, mate. (laughs) Well, they're all so intense and rugged that probably is such a rare thing. He's like, I get to shake a belly. (laughs) (laughs) You made his day. (laughs) You did. You don't even know it. He's like, I gave that boy a story. (laughs) (laughs) The scene in the Wolverine movie where he fights the blob, that was Hugh Jackman's idea. Like, he needed to get some overweight man action in there. <laughs> There's actually a bunch of weird outtakes where he's just jostling his belly. Oh, that's my bellies. <laughs> uh, Mr. Jackman, please step away from the fat suit. And he's like, what? It's a suit. <laughs> Can I take this suit home with me? 
<laughs> just like the way it moves. <laughs> uh, ripples uh, with the light. Uh, All right, well, let's get started on this thing. Uh, I, I honestly want to start... And the way that we're going to do this is kind of like the other verse episodes. The goal of this is not to have a winner because we both, they both kind of lose. There are no uh, winners. There are today. no winners in Wolverine and X Men 3. But there are, there's highlights and non highlights. Like there, there's lights. The, the, low lights. Yeah. Uh, but I want to start with something that I think they both did somewhat well. And I, I say that with a little bit of hesitation. But I think the openings to both films both stood out at least a little bit. And I think that's a good way to start. So if. Uh, I'll, I'll let whoever wants to. How does X Men Three start if they did not catch it during our wonderful breakdowns that spoke over each other? <laughs> well, they went back it, like twenty years ago. They did, that, right? and then it, they did like that weird that face youth technology thing. Like well, that part I was going to kind of skip over because that part was a little scary. It but was <laughs> scary, but like it, it, it kind of held up a little bit. Like it, I was surprised at how how it didn't suck quite as much. It held up more than it did at the end of X of Wolverine. It did. That's yeah. for damn sure. I'm not gonna lie. I liked it better than what they did in Civil War. Yeah, me too. Yeah, well, Civil War. I think they went too far. Uh-huh. It was just like because it's funny how well they did with. I'm not gonna get into it. Never mind. I'll step away because I'm like, ah, oh, Steve Rogers looks so good as young. Why didn't Robert Downey Jr. But whatever. Um, well, I think the difference is Robert Downey Jr. When you watch him young, looks so different. Robert Downey Jr. Right. aged so differently than you'd expect yeah. him to. So when you actually look at him in like you know less than zero, he looks like he did in Civil War. But yeah. He, but he's like an uncanny valley as a person. Right. Yeah, yes. Yes. Like it. when you look at it, you're like, that's not. Oh, it is. So yeah. I think that was the issue in Civil you're War. Like, Wait, is that Rob Lowe? <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, it's like a different person. Yeah. They spent yeah. the most time on um, Patrick Stewart's character because I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I felt it felt weird watching Ian McKellen his face because it didn't quite fit. They didn't quite position well. But I don't think like, either one of them were quite in that uncanny valley. They both yeah. still. It just kind of looked like they had a little too much skin smoother on, which yeah. was yeah. like I'm fine yeah. with that. Like it still kind of worked. But the thing that I really liked about that scene was I loved the introduction of. And granted, it looks like they're just going to completely negate it in. Apocalypse, which Hooray. is fine. Um, <laughs> I almost encourage it. But I like the whole we need to go find Jean Grey. Like right. they, they know that there is this unbelievably powerful mutant, and whether or not they know that she has the Phoenix in her, which it, they kind of completely ignore the fact that Phoenix is his own thing, and that's a whole nother problem, which Deity. we'll get into later. Um, but it, it was kind of a cool scene of like, I need to go find Jean Grey. And mm-hmm. it's really. Sadly, I think it's the only good thing in the whole movie. But that one really good opening sequence. I don't know if anybody else had anything to say about how whether or not they even enjoyed the opening. Well, I think it's weird that like Patrick Stewart's the only person I know that hasn't aged in twenty years. So they didn't <laughs> they didn't have to do that. Like and look, of, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's why he looked better than Ian McKellen, because it's like, oh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Yep. Uh, so they I made think, it so. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like how we but I think the opening scene worked better because the stakes were more comic based. I yeah, think the opening yeah. scene felt more like the, the rest of the movie should. So we yeah. got to we got to appreciate and you know what? I argue that the opening scene might have been from a Brian Singer draft. Because I, it would not surprise me at all because that felt more like a Brian Singer thing. Was sure the rest they, of the movie did not? They had a lot of the script developed because the end of X two was Phoenix, it. so obviously yeah. they need to know where the next one's starting. Yeah, so exactly. to me, I feel like and Brian Singer was on record like I watched the movie, I should have done X three. I I went and did Superman. I mean Batman. Uh, no, no Superman. Superman. I should. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, that movie traumatized me. <laughs> He's differently. Uh, but I should have done X3. And, and I could tell that he feels... That's why he came back and, and did you know uh, this new new trilogy. But I, I feel like during his stay, he left enough of a mark that they could build off it. Unfortunately, they just went like... And went left. Yeah. So I think the opening scene was where we could have gone with X3. Yeah, and I think that's probably why it's the strongest scene in the whole movie. Because it's still the only part that still feels like part of X2. And part of that, like, that franchise. My question watching it was, do you remember how George Lucas took... Ret- 
Return of the Jedi and he put Hayden Christensen <laughs> at the end of it for the special mm. edition DVD. It's hard to forget, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they'll, in 10 years or something, they'll redo this and pop in McAvoy and Fast <laughs> I don't think they'll spend money to touch X3. Yeah, I, I, no, yeah. <laughs> they spent like They spent millions of dollars erasing X3 with right. Days of Future yeah. Past. I don't think they're going to go back to it. Yeah, the entire third act is a $250 million bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> the two movies we're talking about today have been negated by $250 yeah. million. We know oh, yeah. we made a mistake. <laughs> Even even down to the filmmaking of that opening was still very Brian Singer esque. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like slow pans, fo- like you know, pretty good staging of the, the camera, the framing, and everything. And then everything oh, kind of yeah, like, goes left, like you said. And even like the sense of humor was still kind of Brian Singer. Like the yeah. whole like Stanley with the hose and the water going up. Like it's all very like very Brian Singer. Because it's yeah, markedly a different movie as soon as you leave that area yeah, and get to everywhere else. Everything's framed so Brett Ratner style that it's <sighs> like. Have you seen it lately? Did you guys all rewatch it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I rewatched. Did you notice uh, the people, the background extras in that opening though? No. I Every don't. single person is doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, there are twelve families in the background walking up their driveways at the same time, standing in their street, glowing out to the garbage. I'm like, what reality is this? I literally, when I watched it the first time, was like, this has to be a dream sequence because everyone are being ants in the background. So I think everything else was staged perfectly, except for like the second unit director was like not there that day. Like, yeah. Just do things. <laughs> just be on the driveway. Don't worry about it. And, and that look shouldn't astonished. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it shouldn't matter. But rewatching a movie, you're like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on the flip side of that, with uh, Wolverine, again, the first—I mean, I'd almost say the first act is better than the entirety of X Men Three. Mm-hmm. But the opening is fantastic, and mm-hmm. I will fight to the death in the opening. I love little kid Wolverine. I love him discovering his bone claws, killing his axe. Act- I mean, I like that he double orphans right in the beginning of the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he doubled down on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and orphaned his brother. Sweet. Yeah. It's all about the orphaning in the beginning of that one. The beginning. But, but after that, the whole like Wolverine through the wars. I really liked I that. Like, I, I thought that was a that. really cool sequence. As someone into editing and After Effects type stuff, I was like, I got a kick out of that. I was like, yeah. oh, cool. Nice so transition. Pretty. I love that transition. Whoa, this is so artistic. Yeah. I hope the rest of the movie is like this. Yeah. That's what actually made me mad in a way because I'd never actually seen this movie. I did Neither not. Have I. I just. I'm I sorry, watched, everyone. <laughs> I watched the trailer and I heard, read everything about it, and I'm like, this is the X Men movie I'm going to skip because I didn't want to feel the way I did during Last Stand in a theater again. <laughs> so then when I actually sat down and watched this with you, I was mad because I thought we actually got to see him in these wars. Like, I thought that was part of the script. I didn't realize it was yeah. just a montage. Hmm. So even though I enjoyed the montage, I was frustrated the whole time going, oh, this isn't the movie. What the fuck is the rest of this going to be about? Well, yeah, <laughs> it really falls apart after that. But it, it's the funny thing is, like, the, the opening of that movie, much like the opening of uh, X3, is such a false promise. It's like, hey, here's <laughs> what we can do. Isn't this exciting? Yeah. We're not going to do it, though. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that opening when they're little kids uh you can correct me if i'm wrong about any of this but marvel had done a series called origin because they knew the movies were going to do wolverine's origin so they decided let's get out ahead of this and put it in canon Mm -hmm. and that was paul jenkins and kubert adam kubert adam kubert yeah and it looked like adam kubert the movie did a great job making it look it was a very prestige like it was printed on special paper and everything it was huge and for and the expensive. movie, yeah. <laughs> and for the movie, they decided to basically film that, but they only spend a scene on it. So you talk about him being double orphaned. It's like you meet his father. His father goes on stairs. Then his father is killed by a rowdy drunk man. 
Logan goes downstairs and then he finds out that the drunk man is actually his father and that his buddy is his older brother. And then Wolverine steps forward and kills his real father and then he's now an orphan again. He's on the run. It's way too much, way too fast. Like if they had spent a couple scenes on this and actually... If that had been the whole first act yeah that would have been a way better movie just right there if luke found out darth vader was his father before the opening crawl of star wars was (laughs) even done it wouldn't really have much of an impact you know right so i feel like the studio was high on hugh jackman they wanted hugh jackman in this movie as fast as humanly possible so they the in the miniseries it's all about kid Oh yeah, it takes six issues to get to that point. Yeah, is he? But he's a kid the entire time because I only read like the first and the third issue. It's like flashy back and forth, but it's ninety percent kid. It's never, it's never really him as an adult. It's like yeah. his adolescence, yeah, adolescence and kid kidhood. You're talking yeah. about the Wolverine Origins graphic or the the floppies, right? Yeah, 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 the yeah. Comics. I, I I loved that that it took the entire run of that, and here's a spoiler, uh, for you to find out that Wolverine wasn't Logan, but he was James. Yeah. And that's that how so it should have awesome. felt. It's like, like it felt James that way for one dog. minute where you thought the kid sick in bed was going to be the brother and the one who's like toughen up was going to be Wolverine. Right. You had two right. minutes of a six issue comic. Yeah. Like, no, or just make that at least 20 minutes of the movie. If they'd cut the third act of Wolverine yeah. and made the first act 20 minutes Oh, but then longer, we don't get Deadpool. <laughs> 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 not, not, not Deadpool. The Deadpool. The Deadpool. The, the There's a space in between of, each word. I <laughs> pooled all of these powers into this dead man. Deadpool's yeah. my favorite character, you guys. Like, Currently, it, it's Spider-Man and Deadpool go fight back and forth. For a long time, it was Deadpool because oh I'm not God. big on Dan Slott Spider-Man. But after Civil War Spider-Man, Spider-Man's back. So they're fighting right now in my head. But Deadpool in that movie broke my heart in ways I can't describe. Well, this actually leads into one of our next topics that I think will be really good. Use of side mutants. So that's the people who are not the main characters. So that's like uh, Deadpool and uh, Wolverine. Uh, so anyone like that that anybody wants to bring up that I think this would be an excellent time. And if this is already talking about Deadpool, why not continue down that train? Uh, he just had a wonderful movie earlier this year. Yeah, uh, we're doing an episode on eventually that I'm really excited about. Uh, this was uh, now I, before this movie came out, I'd read very little Deadpool. I'd read a, a couple issues here and there. I knew that he was funny. I knew that he was always uh, fourth wall breaking, and he's a great character. I'm like, oh, I mean, I could see Ryan Reynolds being able to handle that. I, I could be okay with that. And then I watched him like. That's not the Deadpool I remember. He's and, not but since I wasn't a big fan, it wasn't that upsetting. And then I ha- went with a friend of mine who was a very big Deadpool fan who was basically ready to hang himself after the movie. Uh, but I'll let somebody who's a better Deadpool fan than I am take this away. But It felt like an adaptation where it's like, oh, we like this character. We don't want to use anything from him. Like, like those types of adaptations you'd see in like 2000s. Like Batman v Superman. In the, in the 2000s, <laughs> right? Like, like, okay, we want to we want to include the words Deadpool. Right. We don't want to have this character do this because he'll take the spotlight. So let's have a let's have this amalgamation and yeah, the kids will love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, they told Ryan Reynolds that he couldn't play Deadpool unless he did it in this iteration, and then he did all the scenes that he's in as Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson. He co-wrote, and they feel like Deadpool when yeah. he's being in the elevator, like yeah. when he's snarky. Yep. That was all Ryan Reynolds being like, "Bro, the script's got to go." And then <laughs> literally the third act when Ryan Reynolds comes back as Deadpool, that's Scott. Ad- it's not even Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds was like, I'm not going to come do this. That's not Deadpool. He refused to come on set some days, and they hi- they made the stunt guide, like the, wow. the new Ryan Reynolds. 
So uh, the, the idea that a script is so aggressively bad that you strong arm an actor into playing a character he loves and then do something so abusive to the character the actor then says no and then you got to get the stunt guy to do it means that movie shouldn't exist. Like <laughs> when, you, when you negate a character to such a level that the actor's like, bro, I don't care about your millions of dollars. I'll be over there. Yeah. Uh, that's insane. And then it took 11 years for Deadpool to get fixed because of this atrocity. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't Deadpool. Like Wade Wilson shows up in the movie. Deadpool doesn't. Right. No. Yeah. And here's the thing is like the idea of the villain at the end of Wolverine doesn't bother me. The whole like striker trying to make a super mutant thing. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, I could totally 11, buy that. That was cool. Yeah, I, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. It's just the whole thing that they tried to tie it into Deadpool. I'm right. like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And the whole like the laser eyes that turn it into the diamonds from the mask. Baraka, like, this, man. Yeah, like what the hell oh, is going on? I figured on? that out. They've he stole those from Cyclops. That was all well, powers no, no, that he I, took I know from where other... they I know where they got the powers. It didn't from. make sense. Yeah, but it was just <laughs> but, like I will when, say that I liked uh, Deadpool did the body slide uh, in this movie that he didn't yeah. get in his own movie. Eh, trying to find one good thing. <laughs> <laughs> he just I mean, got every other move in his movie, but that one move. Yeah. Well, and there's no logic to that fight scene either. No, no, Corey, like no Corey, like nothing makes sense because it's all a progression of the powers. Like here's the next power. It's like, do you have to load in that slot? It's like an RPG where you can only have like four powers at use at once. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. I can't do the I one until I drop the teleporting. So yeah. okay, that one's gone. Replace it. Also, the whole fight is him bouncing back and forth with Sabretooth and Wolverine back to back, just like flailing in the air. And I'm like, you guys are professional killing machines. <laughs> he has two places to land. You're standing on a silo. Extend, yeah. extend. At some point, he'll land. Like, how do you lose a fight where he has two places to land? Right. Oh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> like, Wolverine and Sabretooth can massacre. We saw in the war. Right, the right. opening of the movie is them like, you know who won the wars? <laughs> All the wars? Against one bro landing in one spot? Nah, kid. Nice. <laughs> Just go one, two, three, punch. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> there's your RPG. Just strike, yeah. strike, and fight. It's just so bad. How about not Emma Frost? Oh, she needs to her, look like her, her diamond what? skin cracked me up. Why does she have to look like a Russian egg? I don't understand. <laughs> Who chose that? There were, and she's like the sister to the girlfriend to Silver Shadow Fox, Fox? Silver Fox, and inexplicably right. the sister, and like she's in a cage most of the time. And then yeah. she can, I, there was so, so much. They're I both can't. supposed to be Native American. I could kind of see Silver Fox's portrayal. Like, kind of, it's a little there. But then you in a sort of her... Megan Fox sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> but then I believe that her sister's Native American as much as I believe that in Kimmy Schmidt. I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. blonde Native <laughs> American's pretty rare breed. Yeah. <laughs> but as one of those like uh, old old co-host of our show, Nick Friedman, when when he went and saw this movie. All you had to do was say Emma Frost, and he would just light up as just like, this is the most outrageous thing ever. And he would just get lividly mad and then just start doing the pose that she does to block bullets where she does like the, the double hand like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what the, what the fuck is this? Vogue. And he was just getting so and, mad. And why did they focus only on her second mutation? They oh just yeah, totally, she was not a, a, a psychic to, at all. She's supposed <laughs> to be more powerful than Xavier most of the time. On par with Jean Grey. Yeah, like not yeah. Phoenix Jean Grey, but Jean Grey. Right, yeah. But they just totally like, no, Wait. she just has diamond skin. Is that, that's not actually supposed to be Emma Frost. Oh, that's Emma Frost. That's Emma Frost. Yeah, yeah it is. What? Did we just kill Ryan? Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Did we just make the movie and, worse somehow? Yeah, you did. I'm so glad Wolverine Origins got worse in this moment. You know who was really good in that movie, Toad? Do you remember him? Yeah, he that went, little tongue moment. Yeah, he was on screen for three seconds and he was great. You remember <laughs> three the seconds character. of my life. So was Quicksilver. Yeah, one third yeah. of a second. Yeah. Quicksilver just. Yeah. Who, who was great. the girl in the? Ca- the one thing that I don't, I didn't look it up. 
the girl that looked like she was made out of like ice mist in the background in the cage. Oh yeah, I didn't remember you talking. I think about. she's from an astonishing X Men run. Uh, yes, like Cassidy drew her really well. I can picture her, but I don't know her name. But it was like basically they were basing New Mutants off the current comics coming out at the time, so early two thousand stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. which is why so much of X Men three is off astonishing X Men, like that that first Mutant Cure run. Even like some of the supporting characters were like weirdly from comics that were coming out right then. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like she's someone that was like just new, I and they were like, like put her in a thing. She looked interesting. Let's not give any of these powers away. Nor, nor when they're running away, does she even? She's not even with them anymore. She's not. Poor. My favorite part was all of them in cages. Like there were twenty mutants, right? There's like you know Cyclops, right. Emma Frost, mm-hmm. these other twenty mutants, like in bar behind just regular. Bars. Xavier shows up in a helicopter, and he's like, "Bro, we're cool." I would How are those get... twenty mutants fitting on a helicopter? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't get in the helicopter. You've just been held captive by some mystery man, and you get out, and then suddenly there's another mystery man. It's cool. Trust me, bald. No, yeah. I'm not getting in the helicopter. He's got some weird face technology going on. That's like, totally. He bad. looks so smooth. Yeah. Noah's Ark had to narrow it down to two of each type. This is a <laughs> helicopter, guys. Uh, well, let's talk a little about X Men Three side mutants. Uh, this one gave us our first introduction to Angel, who is one of the original Ooh. X-Men, one of my favorite X-Men. Warren is a fantastic character. I love him. And he was so great in this movie, right? He had a couple he lines. Gets, he gets the opening sequence introduction. So you think, oh, Angel's going to be a big part of this right? movie yeah. because why else would we meet him as a child? And Meet him as a child and then do this nothing. whole cure sequence with him. He does a him. flyby. He does. And then at the end of the movie, he picks up his dad. It's a glorious flyby, though. Yeah. And where was he the whole time? Yeah, was he <laughs> flying around waiting for his dad to need to be like, picked <laughs> bro, up? Them wings he back, bro. He couldn't figure out how to land. Yeah. I can't land. I need Professor Xavier. <laughs> one I need an adult. It's funny. Like Ben Foster is one of the ongoing jokes I have in my Marvel movie news show. Oh, is Because yeah. I love Ben Foster. He's ben Foster great. is he's one of my... He's a very good actor. He's so underrated. He's impossibly talented why would they make him not archangel why would you not use the gravitas and visceral power that has been foster to be like flap 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 <laughs> like ben foster's brilliant. he literally like flutters by at one point you could have cast anyone yeah it was such a waste of ben foster yeah it was it's so upset because like he was when, when this movie was coming out was when i was really starting into my movie stats where it's like really like i want to know who writes every movie i want to know who directs every movie i want to know every actor from every movie and I was really starting into Ben Foster because I was really into Flash Forward for those of you who had a yeah. Disney Channel as a kid. Yep. Um, and then I remember him getting in this movie. I'm like, yes, I love that guy. And he's playing Angel? Like, this is such a great, where is he? I dressed, <laughs> I worked in a movie theater at the time this came out. And uh, my mom and I literally made homemade wings that we put 300 hand-laced feathers into these wings we crafted. That's so sad. So we made these giant seven-foot white, amazing oh, angelic wings because I was like, my boy Ben Foster, and he's playing Angel. <laughs> and then the movie came out, and I'm just like standing there in these wings, like just broken and alone, oh. like so sad, turning into Archangel in my own mind. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, like, wait. I don't so, want to do this, Dad. So sad. <laughs> so you went to X Men Last Stand dressed as Angel. Yes. That's like going to X Men Origins Wolverine dressed as Deadpool. It's exactly <laughs> right. that is exactly what happened. And had I not learned that lesson, I would have gone to X Men Origins dressed as Deadpool. How about the juggernaut, bitch? Like, how about them Ooh. using a parody line for Vinnie Jones in a weird suit with nipples? How about casting Vinnie That's Jones? That was yeah. a very weird choice. Bullet very Tooth weird. Tony. What? Yeah, Bullet Tooth Tony was a better juggernaut than Juggernaut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, they, you know, he walks into frame or they open a door and there he is. And immediately the first thought is he looks like a dick <laughs> with his helmet. Yep. Which maybe has some historical accuracy uh, no. modeled off something. No. But nope. no, it looks like the tip of a penis. Yes, it does. And then uh, later, uh, they explicitly call it out. 
Kitty Pride calls him a dickhead. Yeah. So yeah. it's like the filmmakers are aware of how no, bad th- that this is. is. No, that's Brett Ratner thinking he's being funny. Yeah. That is a Brett Ratner like, ha, dicks. And it's like, well, that, that's a perfect spot for those jokes, Brett Ratner. Thank you for being an X-Man. You're, you're great. <laughs> the Kitty Pride use was shameful. The the juggernaut, the the two seconds of Multiple Man, who's a great character. Like, how do you... He is one of the best kills in the entirety of comics, in my opinion. When- Beyond the side characters that were done poorly, can we talk about the main characters? Absolutely. <laughs> the main characters that were done poorly. Storm <laughs> and Jean Grey. Oh. Or not really Jean Grey. The Phoenix like, can you call it the Phoenix? No, you can't. Because <laughs> can the, moment you, the moment bird you girl? the moment you take the like Phoenix, a deity in a cosmic being, and make it a schizophrenic alter pers- alternative personality, you totally negate how important the Phoenix is to the Marvel universe. One hundred percent. And it's such a de- depressing thing that they did. That's what they used to do in comics adaptations in the 80s and 90s when they didn't have the special effects budget mm-hmm. for this kind of stuff. Yeah. So they would just kind of explain away why this isn't as cool as it conceivably could be. <laughs> yep. And yet in this movie, correct me if I'm wrong, if this is what it feels like to me, that they wanted to make a Phoenix movie, but then Astonishing X-Men came out, got this great response. So they're like, oh, let's make the Cure movie instead, because that is a great story idea. But for some reason, they didn't just like move the Phoenix aside. They're like, well, Let's we're still committed dead. to Phoenix. Let's like just shoehorn her into this and not do anything interesting. So that way we're, you know, raising this franchise to the ground in one fell swoop. See, also, two of our leads are not available. So we'll have Cyclops killed off screen and Rebecca Romaine Stamos can't make it. So she'll be in three scenes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Anna Paquin. Was she doing True Blood or not yet? Not no, yet. Yeah. they because just didn't know what out. to do with Rogue anymore. Right. No, she was the main. She was the gateway character in the first movie. Yeah. And by three, it's like... She's not yeah. barely even in it. it I mean, they should have had her It's so bad she was cut out of Miss Days of Future Past. Yeah. <laughs> if Rogue had met Miss Marvel in between the films and for whatever, even though she wasn't in the Brotherhood for some reason had taken her powers Rogue would have been very interesting in this movie because yeah. then she could have maybe fought the Phoenix a little bit all but you since they to, didn't like, do that it's just she was such a fucking waste all you need to, like that's explained with a line of dialogue of mm-hmm. like how are you able to fly and why you have super strength now I met somebody I, I, I met somebody yeah. and I held under her head or a even the second yeah. mutation yeah. like second yeah. mutation yeah. Yeah. second mutation is this thing they never really bring up in this and no. it's like you totally could and you could actually make Rogue an interesting character. Which yeah. has anyone here seen the Rogue cut of Days of Future Past? Yeah. I no. Want, no. Uh, I haven't watched I've it. heard that she actually has something in that. Like the Rogue cut's cool. actually better, I think. Yeah. Than okay. The original cut. The I need to watch great. it. Yeah. But and then, yeah, the the moment that I actually stood up and started screaming <laughs> in this movie was all right. So they're making it schizophrenic. I was trying to accept it for a little bit, and then when she's in her house and she starts quote unquote fighting. Uh, Xavier, and then she vaporizes him. Ugh. I I just stood up and I started screaming bullshit because no matter what, Jean Grey was still in her. She was still a, a part of her personality. Jean Grey would never have allowed that to happen, and I just got so angry. That was like my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. That was my least favorite I, part. Of I the movie. loved. Okay, so talk about some good things. I loved that X Men Three wasn't afraid to kill characters, even though one of them was coincidentally because the actor wasn't available. But yeah. like, we don't have dead characters in Marvel movies. 
Well, well did, he still didn't actually die. He went through the morality thing and put himself in the other person's body. Which we never got the payoff. Yeah. Right, and we never no. talked about in, in any movie since. No. Yeah, no. Somehow in <laughs> Days, Days of Future Past, past he has he, his body back. He looks right. like Patrick Stewart again. Yeah. And <laughs> no dialogue. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Did you guys, you, you haven't negated this movie yet. You do that at the end of this movie. You can't just assume at the beginning it's negated. <laughs> How is he Patrick Stewart? Maybe the power <laughs> of his mind transformed that guy's body back into it. He and he that. decided he still wanted or, to be crippled. He just. <laughs> He met another mutant who could make money, and then he went to a plastic surgeon and said, I want to look like this photo, and then he went and got it made. It was the photo at <laughs> the beginning of X3 with yeah, his face. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Occam's razor. Simplest explanation. Yep. That has to be it. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Wolverine, if there's anybody they did right in that movie. I would have to say it's probably Sabretooth. Oh, could, yeah. Could Leah I say Schreiber? they did an actually pretty good job with him? Yeah. Cast, it was just casting, though. Like, the writing wasn't right. It no, was, the writing was, was way off. But it was he was putting live Schreiber in it. Yeah. yeah, and he did a really good job Nothing with what they gave him. Nothing he did in the movie made sense, but he was great to watch. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I hope he's in Old Man Logan. I really hope oh, that me too. when they go Wolverine yeah. 3, they'll have live in it. Because if, if you can retcon both of these movies, keep that casting and yeah, move that, on with him. That's awesome. the one thing you keep. Because, I mean, I, I like what they did with Sabretooth in the first X-Men movie. It's kind of cool. He looked like the cartoons. I like that. He's cool. But he's stupid though and that's yeah. not cool right but like he did a really i mean he's just a good actor like, he had caps in his teeth that's bothered me since i was a kid yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> literally I was like, since why didn't they make him fangs yeah. like real fangs no no he when he opens his mouth and roars you can see his caps and if he's a mutant that has healing powers why would he go to the dentist uh. <laughs> this has bothered me since the year 2000 this has haunted me for 16 years i'm not letting it go I've like literally I was like 12 and I was like no I wouldn't have caps <laughs> CGI over those caps <laughs> team cap it literally bothered me for 16 years this is probably the first time I've gotten to mention it out loud that is bullshit <laughs> but I think the casting across both of these movies was pretty good yeah. that's one Will thing that these <laughs> who's Will I am oh the other guy yeah, yeah. not was Nightcrawler the Night not, Nightcrawler oh. right Captain um, or Cowboy Nightcrawler <laughs> uh, the guy who played the blob is one of my favorite favorite character actors yeah, he's really, and they yeah. turned him into the blob like yeah. he's a jack he doesn't, like, he doesn't get to do much no nope. like i was so excited when i first saw him and then i'm like oh okay another <laughs> disappointment he just boxed in that weird scene yeah and you know the blob who is unmovable bo- i don't feel mm, what yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a, another weird Such choice poor writing. Yeah. they were like, trying to have a moment of levity you'd be like oh we're quirky and fun and but you're just like can we just get through this the whole we're quirky movie, and fun with fat jokes yeah <laughs> the whole movie they just feel like I, they looked at characters that were popular they looked at actors at their yep. disposal they kind of like drew lines and then whoever was around like oh cast them and then the whole movie just felt like they were putting it together as they went along like yeah. there was no through line. No, right. the the inclusion of Gambit was very odd. Yeah, but I, yeah. I again, I don't think Taylor Kitsch did a bad job no. with what he was given. Taylor, Taylor Kitsch isn't a bad Kitch. actor. He just has a horrible agent. Like, <laughs> I realize in what I just described that described both movies because I didn't know which one I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. X Men Three it, and Wolverine Origins both are just like oh, we, we put people in them and mutants and yeah. drugs. Totally. <laughs> hey, here's Psylocke. Wait, why is sure. she? Why yeah. can she just? Is she a chameleon now? Where's her psychopath? Right. Psy- All this powers. sound like just has purple hair. That's her power, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, we have an Callisto? Asian girl in the background. Jubilee. Yeah. Callisto's there, just doing no Callisto things, and yeah. is attractive. Yeah. Why? Why is the leader of the Morlocks dope? Like <laughs> the whole thing is like we're in the, we're in the sewers because we are ugly and society won't accept us. Yo, let's cast this model though. Yeah. Brett Ratner. Well, in oh, according to Last Stand, all evil mutants look like punks. Oh yeah, no yeah. punks are the enemy. with tattoos. Well, yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie. I think that to me, the mutants always did feel a little bit like punks, and I I think they kind of 
got that right. I mean, especially like if you're basing it kind of off like the '90s cartoon. The '90s yeah. cartoon really went for like the punk version yeah. of X Men. So like they kind of. I just looked that a little bit. You know who we really don't... nailed it is Deadpool. I mean, Negasonic Teenage yeah. Warhead is yeah. Like, yeah. so representative of all of the X-Men to me. But that's an actual punk, not a cartoon. It's not yeah. a stereotype punk. Yeah. I feel the problem with X-Men 3 was that they did the thing that punks negate. They, right. They, they, were, they were late Green Day punk, whereas she was early Green Day punk. <laughs> okay. And, I, and yeah. Negasonic's Why first... Two, Negasonic was Dookie, and they were the Broadway tour. And, <laughs> and for me, it was... And they were big fans of Rancid. Big fans. Yeah. For me, I, I just looked at it as, well, we don't want to spend all the money on all these like special effects and practicals, so just give them all mohawks. Yeah. Then you know they're different. Do you mohawks have fishnet shirts? Yeah. If you have some fishnet shirts, yeah. I feel we'll and, really covered. And you can all jump really high in this one action sequence, and that's all your powers. Uh, <gasps> the one character that we haven't mentioned yet, who I will say out of X-Men 3 was the best casting of all, Beast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, how how would you not go Kelsey, for Kelsey Grammer? Like, what a perfect. great choice. I read he had to audition. He was what? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Why did you not just look he, at him? He was the first time he had auditioned in 20 years, but he wanted the parts bad. Kelsey Grammer auditioned. Now, I want you to imagine, in a world where Brett Ratner's sitting across the thing like, dance for me, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> like, how is Kelsey Grammer not auditioning Brett Ratner to direct? Like, yeah, how did right. that You happen? deserve me. Yes, welcome to my set. Whatever <laughs> that Hugh Jackman that's, like, supposed to be vetting directors for his movies... Yeah, like, well, I feel like this third one, hopefully, that they go that direction. Yeah, I, I have yeah. a lot of faith in Wolverine 3. I, if, cause it's I mean, the same director as uh, Wolverine 2, right? Right, right. And the first two acts of the Wolverine were, were fun. Yeah. yeah, the third act kind of falls apart. But, I mean, if it gets as better, if it jumps in quality the same way that Origins did to Wolverine, oh, the third one will be phenomenal. Coming, dude. If that's the, just, that's the jump, we're going to yeah. be... <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, Gambit, I don't think we covered enough. I feel like Gambit, no. yeah. uh, I feel like Gambit was... Taylor Kish is great. Uh, I don't feel like he's Gambit, though. And I feel like that was a almost casting right. Yeah, it, I'm not sure if it was him though. Like I don't blame Taylor Kitsch for that. It, it was definitely. I think it was more the writing. Like it just, they didn't know how to write. It was more just like, hey, we watched the cartoon a lot, and people really seemed like Gambit. We should probably put Gambit in one of these movies. People have been asking for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. What does he do? Uh, throws cards. Glowy cards. Yeah, yeah. He has a stick. Yeah, he yeah. has a stick. Glows cards. Well, they originally wanted to put Gambit in X Men Three, and this was Fox trying to not have a shared universe because of continuity. So mm-hmm. they okay. put him in, and they already were developing Wolverine, so they right. put him in Wolverine. But I thought that was really interesting that they had cast or were in talks with Channing Tatum for X Men Three. And then this long ago, Channing Tatum was trying to play Gambit. So then uh, Taylor Kish and Channing Tatum were the top two for Wolverine Origins. And because of the conflict with X-Men 3 and scheduling stuff, that's why we lost Channing Tatum. Wow. So it's funny to me that like Taylor Kish had developed this accent. Him and Channing Tatum were apparently friends. And we're both like, we're going for this thing. And now like 10 years later, it's like Channing Tatum's like, it's my turn. And everybody's like, guess not. And like fate oh. keeps knocking Channing Tatum out, like from Gambit, which is, I- I'm excited for. I it, think man. he'd be good. I, th- I, I, I think the that. directors of these movies just like look at the action figure lines. They're like, all right, this guy's got a brown coat and a stick and playing cards. Okay, we'll put him in there. Okay, <laughs> Psylocke's got purple hair. Okay, we'll put her in there. Okay, we got the silver samurai. That's a different movie, but he's got a sam- he's got a sword, right? Okay, we'll put him in there. I was thinking about how with these X Men movies. In other franchises, they'll come up with cool new ways for Spider-Man to do something or Captain Mary. You know, the main characters, they'll come up with neat stuff for them to do. Mm -hmm. But with the X-Men movies, instead of kind of using the tools they have at their disposal, they just keep throwing more stuff in. Well, here's a new character with a new power. So instead of using the characters that we have to further their journey to explore them, we'll just throw in a new power so it gives the flash and bang that we need for the trailers and we can get a magazine article out of it. Yeah, I feel like the the Marvel yeah, movie, the Marvel um, Studios movies, do it right. They like take 
well-known, well-loved characters like the Winter Soldier, and they give them like fun twists and more complex things, like having the Winter Soldier be part of uh, the Stark's death. Like that was a great twist, or having Baron Zemo like have lost people at Sokovia. That was a great twist. In X Men movies, they feel like. All of their the mutants are Easter eggs. Like, it, oh, mm-hmm. we want to just, oh, look, Psylocke, there she is. It feels like they're afraid to expand upon the characters. So, like, how we kind of mentioned earlier, like, having a second mutation. It's like, well, we couldn't do that because people know that Rogue can't touch people. So, she can't have other powers. It's like, well, no, she can. We can, we just need to have the characters grow and develop. And they all kind of. It's not even the ex- that they're afraid to expand. It's that they're afraid to let them grow into the characters we already know. Like, yeah, they, they yeah. won't even give us the characters we know. I've always said that I felt like Brian Singer made really good mutant movies, but none of the X-Men felt like X-Men movies. Right. I feel like First Class felt like an X-Men movie. I feel like Days of Future Past felt like half a mutant movie, half an X-Men movie. And I'm hoping Apocalypse is like 70-30. I feel like we're progressing towards feeling like X-Men. But these two we're discussing today were (laughs) steps in the complete opposite direction. And they used mutants as story points instead of using story points to use their mutants. Well, here brings up a good point. So I'm going to go exactly against what you're saying. What did they actually do right? Like, what did these actually nail as far as like x-men goes because there's got to be something in each one of these things or they wouldn't have made the money they did beyond just having hugh jackman in them like it's got to be something that people were looking forward to seeing that they actually got out of like who the people who like these movies what do you think they like because they exist if you go on amazon there's a lot of five-star reviews they were shiny (laughs) they they did have the shine like i was thinking bright lights (laughs) (laughs) it's just there's a lot of flash and bang there are huge special effects like magneto Pulling out the is it the Golden, the Golden Gate, Gate Bridge? Bridge yeah, yeah mm-hmm. pulling that out and moving it around. Uh, in Wolverine, I guess you have many, many explosions that Hugh Jackman oh, can yeah. walk away from dramatically. Yeah. That that <laughs> scene where he tosses himself up into the helicopter and like destroys the helicopter and explodes and he walks away, as you're saying, yeah. funny. It's I, really I, the I, only I, scene I think they spent money on. Yeah, that and was a good. It was shot funny. Of it was funny claws. in like an action actiony yeah. movie sort of way. I was like, yeah. oh, I see. Why wasn't the rest of the movie like this? Like, yeah. it was like a, a more fun element. It already had built-in money, though. X-Men yeah. 2 means you're going to see X-Men 3. Yeah. Hugh Jackman means you're going to see Wolverine. Yep. I don't. I, 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 it might not have anything good. It might just it, be because we want to see it, and then people that are like, I like Shiny, then see it again. That's possible. Yeah. I still loved Magneto in... Last stand. Mm-hmm. Oh my e. god, Ian McKellen like, can't stop. He yeah. can read the dictionary. I'll be like, tell me more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what like is they, they gave him some stupid lines. You will not be was- safe. <laughs> yeah. Nothing will be safe. I feel like there's they're real split, kind of on what you're saying. They gave everybody stupid lines, but there were some characters who were just such damn good actors, including yeah. Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, um, Kelsey Grammer, uh, Hugh Jackman. They're all like theater actors and they delivered those lines with heart even though they knew that they were kind of BS. Well even um yeah. oh what's his name from the Hobbit Hobbit movies Ian Light, <coughs> No no uh the <laughs> Light from, from <laughs> Origins Dominic Monaghan yeah, yeah. on Monaghan yeah. His scene in the carnival with a little light that, that little small fun. scene. It was you know who they wanted that. for that part? Edgar Wright. Oh really? No yeah. yeah, Edgar Wright. I heard him on a podcast, and he was talking about they had contacted him. They wanted him to do a cameo in Wolverine. That seems so That's weird. That it's, weird. That's amazing. I can picture it. It was Stan so Lee strange. in Wolverine. He wasn't, was he? I don't remember uh, him. I don't, I don't either. I think it's one of the ones he missed. Yeah, he was yeah, in the cage. I think. He, even he yeah. knew. He was the misty girl. He was the helicopter, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one character we haven't talked about that is one of my big conflicts in Last Stand. So they did not do this right. 
Yeah. Maybe, what maybe, did they do wait. right? Is there anything? Uh, that's what wait, I, no. I really I wanted to answer that. Did they do anything right? I don't mean to interrupt. I know you want to say it, but is there anything in either one of these movies that they, they did right? They had one great scene with her. Okay, what was that? Storm. When oh, okay. she does, Whoa. when she rises up into the sky and starts twirling and just obliterates everyone in her way, that's one of the best moments in Last Stand to me. It's they had it in all the trailers, you mean, like when they're in the the cul-de-sac, right? Yeah, when they're trying to get into the house. Yeah, and Which that, is also I thought that was a great like moment for Storm. Yeah. And when you were talking about how they never tried to develop the characters, they tried to develop Storm. They because tr- she demanded it. Yeah, she was I like, know, "Yo, after X One and Two, it. she's like after Catwoman." Mm. Yeah, but, that, but that's the. Pro- like they tried, but they did it so poorly, and they gave her such a weird wig. She got and rid of the accent. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. that's I feel that's like it's kind of a smart move. The mm. accent was kind of holding her back. Yeah, she but couldn't do it. I mean, Holly Berry should have been able to do it. She's a good actress. Yeah, well, but, I mean, no matter how good you are, some accents are just hard to pull off and maintain. I'm just whole talking film. about the character. I'm not talking about the. <laughs> well, accent. maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just the actors themselves were the good parts of these. I they think were. you're right. I, I think the, the only thing they did right was casting. Casting, because I they actually did a good job. I didn't mostly, hate watching them. Mostly, yes, mostly. Vinnie Jones still. Yeah, <laughs> Vinnie Jones is still an odd choice. <laughs> I mean, in the Chris Claremont, John Byrne run of Uncanny X Men. Uh, Koi, are you the only one who's read it? Have yeah, you read guys I have not read, read that one. I've read the photo. Basically, with Storm, she starts off as kind of this, you know, naked goddess in Africa. She's everybody talks about how beautiful she is all the time, but then she really develops this iron rod of strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's when she goes up against Callisto. Mm-hmm. The that's that's why it was so cool that she was in it. I was like, they're gonna yeah. have that. Nope. Nope. But it's <laughs> seeing her evolution. I mean, at one point, she shaves her long head. Uh, she shaves <laughs> off her hair into a mohawk. Yeah, which they had in, kind of had it in Days of Future Past, and I thought Storm was amazing in that movie for the little mm-hmm. bit we got her. Mm-hmm. And she has it in Apocalypse. Right. Yeah. The yep. mohawk. Yep. That would be good. But the problem with the movies is that they just center on Wolverine so much mm-hmm. that characters like Cyclops and Storm who are supposed to be leaders Oh, the leaders of the X-Men? We should ignore them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, tried, they tried to make Storm the leader after Xavier died. It's just they still wrote well, her poorly. The they f- do that in the books at some point, don't they? Storm yeah. takes over the she school. Takes yeah. over. She's, team, yeah. it she's was, the blue team and, and Cyclops is gold, I find. Yeah. It was right. like yeah. an, an Easter egg, though. They didn't explore the story. They're just no. like, we're going to nod to this thing that happens in the comics. Dude, the one part with Storm that drove me crazy was they. she's flying the X-Jet. They land the X-Jet and it's misty and she's like, I got this. And I'm like, <laughs> Why You're you a weather th- witch. Why didn't you take care of that when right you were away. flying? Like, yeah. what, you control the weather. You should never experience bad weather. Right. You should not know any weather except weather that you know. I, like, don't, I don't understand why she'd have to stand, do a pose, and wait for like a couple seconds for the things to happen. I'm like, you would just die in every fight if you had to do that every time you used your powers. Because it looks cool. You can yeah. summon lightning. You can move mist. Yeah. A fan can do that. <laughs> and like she's like we're saying, she's one of the most powerful members of the X-Men. She's the leader. She has. They never touch her claustrophobia thing. Right. They never touch on any of the stuff that's actually important to the character. They just... The movies, I feel like they go by billing instead of by mutant. Yeah, they, they're like, true. oh, who's won an Oscar? Jennifer Lawrence? What if she leads the X-Men? Why? Because she has an Oscar. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Oh, I can't even we talk. Can't go that down makes that, me so that's mad. A down path. That. That's yeah. a new path. <laughs> with, with exactly what you're saying, the in the comics where they actually have room to explore and actually be an ensemble, they can build Storm up. Mm-hmm. They can show mm-hmm. her as a leader. And by leader, I mean a person that others will follow right. as opposed to the movies where as you're saying she has the prestige of starring in Catwoman I mean winning an Oscar <laughs> <laughs> she is leader by default right. that oh well she's the one who has had this very successful career she should be the leader 
Uh, same with Jennifer Lawrence, as you're saying. They but never have her be a leader. Even well, during she, the fights, Wolverine's giving the directions. Yeah, well, she okay. feels like the the mom, like a matronly, like, oh, like she can kind of like shake her finger at these kids and tell them to behave, as opposed to somebody who can lead the charge in a battle. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the, the thing is, and we keep hitting it over the head, is that, yes, the comics, which have been around forever, have a lot more time to develop these stories and characters, which is great. But after, how many X-Men movies are there? These now? movies have had a, a lot five. of time to develop. Three, four, five, five six. Five plus two Wolverines. Yeah. Seven. So, seven, seven yeah. Seven That's movies. That's a lot of time to develop characters and to get and these And they're story only lines. doing Wolverine. And they're only doing Wolverine. Like, at this point, like, we should know everything about Storm. She mm-hmm. should be a fully fleshed out, three-dimensional character that we know, like, oh, she's going to run the school? That makes sense because... It, X, Y, and Z. Captain America has had three movies and is more evolved than almost any character. He, yeah. Arguably even in more than Wolverine. Absolutely. And like, like that's wh- how you assemble a character. That movie, uh, those three movies have individual arcs and then an overarching arc. Yeah. And, and that's with other characters that are also fully fleshed out. Yep. Civil War had Black Panther show up and I knew more about him in 30 seconds than I know about Storm in five movies. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 maddening. As an X-Men fan, access. like I go insane thinking about these things. Because there's things like, I really like Wolverine. I really like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Wolverine. Like he's not the Wolverine from the comics necessarily, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because right. he does a good job with the character they gave him. And then I like, well, what other characters do I like? Well, I like Nightcrawler for the one movie he's in, and he I love Nightcrawler. Yeah. He's my favorite character. Yeah. He's really cool. Like, and he's not like the comics at all. He's but Tennessee again, it's okay because he's a good character. Well, I like what they did. They they did something exactly. and kind of gave him like a religious angle and kind of did mm-hmm. more with that. And then yeah. he's gone. And now the problem with these movies specifically, both Wolverine and X Three, is that these characters are just not. They're not even close to the comics or close to their own characters. It'd be one thing if it's like, well, Wolverine's not like the comics. He's but he's his own thing, and he's a well fleshed out, cool character. Okay, so I can forgive it. It's like, all right, so we're gonna get. I'll pull out Blob for some reason. So we're gonna get Blob. He's not like the comics, and he's not really a character here either. He's just a fat CGI effect. Are you entertained? No. It's, Why not? It feels like just uh, you have a checklist, and it's like, up, oh, they include that mutant. Up, oh, there he is. Yeah. Ooh, I spotted him. It's like you're a tourist in Africa or something going down the. <laughs> Um, Serengeti Serengeti yeah. thank you there's and a just cheetah like, oh, there's the bushes there are giraffes yeah. there's a cheetah but in terms of movies you want these journeys to be meaningful and with X-Men over X-Men Origins Wolverine when he just gets an amnesia bullet to the head at the end of the movie and forgets everything with uh, X-Men The Last Stand where Magneto can move the chess piece at the end it's they're not making these movies have impact at all because they're just brushing them away and like alright well you paid for that here's the next <laughs> thing you can pay for yeah, the, the amnesia bullet for me is uh, far and away I, that's science right like hey, it's just science. shoot it's, a guy in the brain and he, he lives but he loses his memories and how the fuck does Stryker know like he'll heal from that yeah but he won't remember anything. How does the animantium heal, by the way? Yeah, does, does the bullet have... leave his head? Or no, it doesn't look it like it stays there, head? apparently. Forever? He yeah. Yeah. Then he... All those x-rays they did in the first X-Men movie no bullet. never also, picked up anything the whole... like that. It the, wouldn't heal. But you see the metal heal. Like, the metal heals. Why? Metal, because it's, it's a skeleton. It's it's a semi-permeable <laughs> membrane. Yeah, the adamantium is semi-permeable. <laughs> yeah. No, I would actually buy that because it's fused to a skeleton. His, his bones would Perfect. heal. Yeah, but then when you just have bone there? But then it would be bones. Because when he loses his claws in X3, he has bone claws again. And then they forget that in Days of Future You're totally right. The the thing with Wolverine, you know, talking about how they're not giving any of these characters arcs and meaning. With Wolverine, he's the cool guy. You know, he's the badass. He's the guy who works great in a team setting where you have the drama on somebody else's shoulders. 
and then Wolverine can be there and give you really cool action scenes and say really funny things and just be your favorite character, but he's not the main character. So he doesn't have to shoulder the narrative burden. Right. right. Whereas with X-Men Origins Wolverine, he's this kind of blank slate who's just hopping from one set piece to the other. And I... Doing I, nothing I for most of the movie, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Walking I out of rooms, pouting. <laughs> and running through the forest without a penis. You guys realize they removed his penis, right? Yeah, oh yeah. It's super awkward. When he jumps off that thing... Well, it grew just, back, though. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> at least he can do that. Healing Adamantium yeah. boners. <laughs> I love the scene where the old man is giving him advice bef- while he's oh, sitting yeah. on the motorcycle. I'm like, you're so much older than that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quick question for you guys: What order did you watch these two movies in? We did X3 first. Yeah. Okay. Origins first. I did Origins first. I I got both of the movies. I brought. I checked them out of the public library. And I brought him home, and I was going to watch it in terms of release, but then I thought, no, it'll be cool to do it the other way, because <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine takes place for X-Men The Last Stand. Correct. And so when I watched Origins Wolverine, I sat down thinking, all right, I'm just going to put the baggage out of my head and view this as like the first Wolverine movie I've ever seen. Yep. Like, there are no other movies. This is the starting point. This is Wolverine. How'd that go for you? Not well. <laughs> with I mentioned earlier how they're unloading so much in that origin of him as the confused little boy and then jumping to the wars and then he's a mutant strike team. And I just felt like, why do I care about this character? What emotional significance is there for me to root for him? There's none. It's really no. just like, you mm-hmm. liked X2, right? Yeah, it's just, you know this character, <laughs> so here he is in more scenes. Yeah. And that is just the most... Lazy. It's very lazy. Yeah. It's very just, it's making a movie to continue a brand instead of doing something meaningful with the movie. And that's why I was worried about Disney at first with Marvel, and they've done the opposite. Yeah. Oh. I was so worried that yeah. they were continuing a brand, they were making a market, they were doing more Disneyland props. And instead, they're like, hey, what if we use our power, influence, and empire to make the characters better? Well, well, it's, I it's think the- they did that with Star Wars a little bit. I think they're they're making Disneyland with Star Wars like a little bit. We'll see. I mean, we're we'll only see, one in, but we'll. Um, I'm not going to start that argument. Yeah, I, it, it's Kevin Feige, and I know he had a hand in these X Men movies, uh, but not as the creative control as he. No, he had a very had light hand in, in the these, Marvel yeah. Cinematic no, Universe. I feel like he learned everything from watching. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Fire. No, the the difference is like with the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's the it's the idea of like yeah we put these characters on screen people are gonna come see it but won't they see it more if we make it good yeah They'll see it like, like if if we put effort and time and like quality into this won't people really want to keep seeing it and then they'll come to our theme parks and they'll buy our toys that's and that why sort of Civil stuff. War only dropped sixty percent between week one and two yeah it's repeat right. viewing is gonna be huge because yeah. it's a great movie right. whereas like it felt like Fox with these movies like well people are gonna come see it because it's fucking Wolverine like yeah but shouldn't we hire like a better screenwriter or try that. Uh, I said Wolverine's in it. We just made a hundred million dollars. Like, yeah. they, I feel like they legitimately tried. Hugh Jackman first. legitimately tried. I no, think it ends I, there. I think they tried for the first two X Men films. Oh, and absolutely. Reason, uh, that's why they're not on the table today. That's, yeah, but that's why. I don't. I just don't understand. I feel like they're trying to play catch up constantly with yeah. uh, Disney Marvel right now. Like they're just like DC desperately too. trying yeah. to oh, yeah. put these movies out, and they're just not spending the time on them they should. Well, now yeah. they're talking about New Mutants and X-Force yeah. and all these different avenues they can go down, and they just haven't they're built gonna, the solid ground for them yeah, to They're going to be the reason they why we won't it. be able to have nice things for very long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, because they're taking all the wrong lessons, they're, they're not doing it right, and they're yeah. going to basically weird make it... When you ever you hear in articles and reviews saying, like, superhero fatigue, it's these movies they're pointing to that are making them like, oh, they're, they're showing 
problems. Deadpool yeah. bought yeah. us a couple years though. I didn't then, see. Yeah, absolutely. I thought about Civil War a lot while I was watching X-Men yeah. The Last yeah. Stand because it clearly has this uh, agent in the story that divides the characters between whether they should have the cure, whether they shouldn't have the cure, and there are logical reasons for both sides. Oh my, like there is so much plot they could have done with Rogue saying, no, I need the cure. Like, hey, yeah. you know what? Some of us, like, I'll have a better life if I can touch people. If only that yes. was the one movie they did instead of the if Phoenix they had, movie. Exactly. Says, yeah. There's if, nothing if, if wrong they, with you, Rogue. And it's like, you can't even take your hand. Like, yeah. but if there's nothing wrong with you, Rogue. Movie. What hug about me. all the Just hug me right now. Like the Morlocks and how they're supposed to be kind of deformed, where they're they don't necessarily even have powers. They're literally just mutants. Right. You give me a they Morlock movie. They don't show movie. them at all in yeah. this film. I'll take a Morlock movie, then I'll take a mutant cure movie, then I'll take a Phoenix movie. I will not stand for a three of those in one movie. Yeah, right. it's just they're biting off more than they can chew. So That's why it was the last stand. stand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we bring in the, the there's the filmmaking on between the two? Yeah, because I was oh my say, God. The, I watched, the, the last thing I want to bring up right now is the directors and filmmaking in I general. I watched Origins first, and then going from that to last stand was like going from <laughs> yeah it made me appreciate the last stand in a ways i didn't quite understand i could in terms of filmmaking there was there was <laughs> and something was the the brian singer element seeping into it there's i'm gonna go with, yeah it's definitely more brian singer because the the long and short of it is i'm forgetting his name now who directed uh gavin, Hood. gavin hood gavin hood's not a terrible director he's not great no. but he can make like ender's game was not a pile of trash it was well shot it was like the action yeah. sequence well choreographed yeah. it's not the greatest film ever but he's not a terrible director he just he made some missteps Cartoon claws didn't help. I, no, they Roger did not. Roger Rabbit so claws. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want. I, I again, I'd never seen Wolverine before I watched this, and then I saw that the claw thing. I'm like, wait. What so the, what, what is who happening? Roger Rabbit? Like, what's your going on? Your skin doesn't here? break when your claws come out. That's amazing. Did we just stop our animation? Like after they leaked the movie, did we just go? Wait, we don't need to polish anything anymore. Everyone already saw. They've it. already seen it. Don't, <laughs> don't keep going. I just want to bring up one of my favorite moments. Koi, you could probably help me remember. I don't think it was in a movie, but it was in the comics where Wolf, someone was like, Wolverine, doesn't that hurt? And he's like, yeah. Every, every time. time. That's yeah, it's in the movie. movie. That was yeah. a great it, line. It also, it's in so many comics that it's, yeah. it's so important. Like, yeah. And it's such a thing because it shows you that he's either angry enough or it's important enough to him that he's willing to endure yeah. that. And that's amazing. And the movies are like, Yo, what if those uh, those are two D and don't matter at all? What if, uh, what if they just hover around his hands all willy nilly? Like, yeah. okay, cool. You can almost his, see them like following behind his hands as they're yeah. moving. Yeah, they're, I mean, what is happening? His bone claws were better. I don't yeah. know how or and why. And I hate the bone claws. I am a staunch like adamantium across the claws board. Guy. Absolutely, oh, I agree. So good. I totally agree with you. I, I hate know. Bone claws. Hardcore. <laughs> I I hate everything Origins did. I Adam the Adam Kubert run and on has been a mess for me because I do not believe he has bone claws underneath. <laughs> I mean, I am a 90s and earlier guy. My, my favorite. Actually, sorry, sorry my favorite moment in any X-Men comics of all time when was Magneto ripped out the adamantium. That's mm-hmm. like hands down the best X-Men. That movie. was a brutal scene. But then yeah. there's Even three in- years of feral Wolverine where he's like, I live in the woods and sometimes I crawl around buildings and snarl. I don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> and then like for some reason Elektra's here too and, and then like I'm gonna team up with Daredevil and, and, and Psylocke and, and he does nothing except look retarded for three years. Comics got <laughs> weird. So, so yeah, like I'll take the end of Magneto, but then yeah. I skip ahead five years. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, the drugs he's back. were wonderful. Oh yeah, Dea, seriously. Dea in the comics when he was originally he was first introduced in Incredible Hulk issue of all places. Yeah, and then he was in Giant Size X Men, and then the relaunched Uncanny X Men, and well, it just continued. It didn't because they. They had Uncanny X Men, then they just started reprinting old <laughs> yeah, comic dude. issues for like 
80 60 issues. something wow. crazy. Yeah, 60 it's issues. such a hard thing to collect because I know I'm just buying my own shit again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be a completist, but, but like, I'm like, I have this issue. It's a new cover. 60 new number cover. zeros in a row. That sounds brutal. So bad, dude. Yeah. So they, originally people thought it was just the gloves because you never right. saw right, him. Right, 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 yeah. They just thought, oh, he has these gloves that have claws in them. But then there was a big issue, not a big issue, but there was just a moment in an issue where he's coming out of the bathroom or something. He just took a shower. He's like washing himself off. And then he sprints the claws. And that was, oh, shit. Like Wolverine actually has these as part of his skeleton. Mm -hmm. I agree that it's a little superfluous to have bone claws for no (laughs) reason. Because it makes sense if you're weaponizing someone, why not put weaponized knives in someone's arm? That's a logical thing. Why is he a guy that is also, he can heal, but also, what human has bones? Like, why is his mutation healing and also he's the one person in the world with weird bone claws? Also, how does that work work mechanically? He would never be able to move his wrist. Right, ever. So if they were were implemented with a weaponized thing, they'd have to to account for wrist, they'd have to account for a mechanism to shoot them out. That all makes way more sense than like, oh, he can do all this. Also, bone claws. Fuck it. <laughs> what what you just said, where Wolverine wouldn't be able to move his wrist? Did you have a problem with Deadpool when he has the fucking katanas? <laughs> oh my arms? god, that's the level of stupid. Those were way longer than his arms. Like yeah. he yep. wouldn't be able to move his elbows. Like, they were lightsabers. Don't worry about it. Yeah, stiff <laughs> arms. Like classic Deadpool. Kenner Star yeah. Wars action figures. Actually, lightsabers go up in their arm. Yeah. But Imagine but him trying to go number one. But it's been like twenty years of bone claws, so it's now like the most canon thing. Yeah. I, but I remember before Bone Claws. Like, yeah. if you guys were reading comics then, there was a time when he just had adamantium claws. That made me way more sense to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of the, the filmmaking... Yes, I was going to say, let's get back <laughs> to the filmmaking. I, I, I have like something to complain about filmmaking Set pieces. I think Last Stand had set pieces and Wolverine Origins had moments, but not yeah. set pieces. There was no... Other than that end fight on the top of Nuclear Tower... Can you call that a set piece? No. They tried. It, it was they shot did, like... A, it, it they looked, tried. They framed it like a set piece, but it wasn't. There yeah. was a lot... like. To his credit, almost, Brett Ratner has set pieces. His action pieces, like that, just. Oh, yeah. There are moments in those movies that you remember in the movie because of the way. The danger he films room them. He's actually, you know, cool. Fantastic. Despite what you say about him, he's still competent enough as a director to have those, you know, filmmaking well, elements. Brett Ratner's absolutely competent. Yeah. yeah. But he's, he should not be wielding the X Men. No. Yeah. No. He's a competent director for action, definitely. Yeah. And, and that like, shows him that the, yeah. the action is competent in this movie, and that shows. Yo, no listener, Brett Ratner, we love Rush Hour 1 and 2, yo. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> love Rush Hour. But however good he is at the action sequences, when it comes to basic continuity, I get Ugh. really mad in Last Stand when, okay, so it starts with them going to the camp and then finding in the middle of the night it's just multiple man. And then you cut to well, Magneto for some reason, coming out of the forest, and he's already at the bridge, going, all right, we're going to get over to the island now. So then he starts destroying the bridge, and that's at the beginning of the day. Like, and the ni- sun is rising. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. And then it's it the- apparently takes the entire day for him to move that bridge, <laughs> because then by the time you get back to Alcatraz, it's night again. To I'm be like, fair, it's a large bridge. But it it's could Magneto. take a lot of time. And I'm like, that... He's not yeah, performing miracles it's just, fast no. enough. It's, yeah. like the op- it's like the opposite of Force Awakens, where everything's so like contracted in terms of time. Yeah, everything is like well, actually, but it is they the same keep problem. cutting to all these people looking at the bridge moving, going, "Oh my god, I'm astonished." And if I was watching this, I'd be like, <laughs> they "It's get taking bored him." And go a- home. Yeah. yeah, I would eventually be like, "Well, it's taking him a long time to do this. I'm gonna go have some lunch. <laughs> I'm gonna be able to get time to get my car off this bridge." Can you just 
Just keep going at the same pace. I'm just going to drive right by you. I actually, uh, my freshman year of college, I had a class called Aesthetics of Cinema. Mm-hmm. And I actually wrote a paper about X-Men The Last Stand. Yikes. About how it's a very plasticky movie. It's very CGI coded in all scenes. How the grass would look like AstroTurf. You know, yeah. yep. the, the grass would have an unnatural shade of green. So basically what I'm trying to say is my freshman year of college, I made sure to announce myself as the nerdiest person. <laughs> I uh, love that we sat and couldn't think of positives except for the casting. Yeah, that's so sad. Like, I we, always well, tried to, and you know, we positive, called out their openings. The, yeah, the openings were good. would be the sets because they did a lot of good practical things in Last Stand. Mm-hmm, it was yeah, just not did, used yeah. as well as it could have been. Yeah. Like the... the uh, Magneto throwing the cars at them and having Pyro light them on fire to make that them giant cool, bombs. Right? That's pretty awesome. But then you get to the moment of, well, why didn't Storm just blow them away? Or why yeah. didn't Iceman hit them with ice immediately? He wasn't powerful enough. Why didn't yeah. Phoenix do anything? Yeah, why didn't Phoenix <laughs> not hey, do she anything? stares at a lot of people. So, like, there's... <laughs> That's some great stuff, but then you're left with all the, well, why not, which yeah. was what destroys it in Last Stand. Well, yeah. what you were saying earlier, Brian, I did like the the final battle between the Deadpool-ish guy and Wolverine and Sabretooth. <laughs> yep. Just how they're on such a narrow space and it's bouncing around all over. That's the kind of crazy I enjoy in comic book movies. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, it pales in comparison to the airport fight from Civil of War. Of course, yeah. yeah. But the the ending of the Wolverine, which doesn't say what you will about it, but when you have Wolverine fighting a giant robot samurai and then his teenage girl sidekick, is, who's also a ninja, is fighting a crazy snake lady who's shedding Viper. her skin. Yeah. Supposedly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Supposedly. I mean, there are a lot of Viper. caveats to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that. Like, I love it when comic book movies don't try and be mainstream and normal. Like with the X-Men movies, right. where they're all in black spandex because that's cool after The Matrix. I like it they're when leather. they... It makes me so sad. I like it when they get more bug nuts with it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like with X-Men Origins Wolverine in that final battle, you get a taste of that. That element of fun that's really lacking from the rest of the movie because they have to give Wolverine weight and pathos. Yeah. And you don't want to see that shit with Jack Sparrow and you sure as hell don't want to see it with Wolverine. <laughs> no. Have you seen the, the Nick Holtz uh, vine with him and all the X-Men dancing in the hallway? No. Uh, basically, no. they Nick Holt has a video of him and every original X-Men in their awesome new suits dancing in the hallway and it's 15 seconds and it's literally the X hallway from the classic awesome. trilogy with all them in their new suits and that 15 seconds is so much better than both these movies yeah. <laughs> it's so good because it's the x-men yeah so check it out it's it's about so well cool. as as comic book fans as fans of superhero pop culture we like these characters we want yeah. to see them in movies that are good mm-hmm. that's it's not a huge bridge to cross if we're gonna have <laughs> we're a huge uh, bridge to move across it'll take all day <laughs> it'll take all day but I could have loved that crazy a little bit in the if they had like embraced it completely. Cause the part when Deadpool is using his Cyclops eyes to blast Sabretooth, uh, he doesn't get hurt. And like if they had actually yeah. damaged him and like de- like destroyed part of his body, and then you just have his head going, well, this is gonna take a while. I like the head spinning around yeah. after it's been decapitated. Yeah. I actually kind of like that. Blasting yeah. out. But I- so they like he's blasting him point blank in his chest, and Sabretooth is just not. His clothes aren't even disintegrated. <laughs> nice. I'm like, why? You had an opportunity to make that like a weighted that's moment. The same of okay. Wolverine too. His clothes are made of adamantium. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Mm-hmm. They uh, heal. 
as as much fun as this conversation's been, it's gone a lot longer. So I thank everybody for listening yeah. so far. We need to move into the end of this thing, and we're <laughs> going to start with quotes. Oh man! Uh, I will let you pick one from each, or if you only have one from one, that's fine too. So if you have two quotes, great. If not, I totally understand. If you have none, I'll even allow that because these movies are not very quotable. <laughs> I have two. Um, I have one. If you want to go first, you have two. Go for it. Uh, for X Men: The Last Stand. Kill me, <laughs> please. Chewie does that. You watching or the movie? was it in the movie? It's, it's from Jean when he, she's talking to Wolverine. Please kill me. That's um, good. And then from Wolverine when he goes up to him and he's like, "But don't you want to uh, fight for your country?" He's like, "I'm Canadian." <laughs> that was a good I, one. That's my oh. favorite quote in that whole movie. Um, I had nothing from X Men Three. I kept thinking I was going to get something, and just really nothing in that movie stood out to me. Uh, I, I liked the who's the furball. I could guess I could use that one for the first time that Wolverine sees the Beast. Um, but the one that I really liked, I love this moment. It's in uh, it's in X Men Origins Wolverine. It's probably my favorite moment in the whole movie. It's when uh, Sabretooth is sitting down to uh, to eat, and the guy comes up to him and he hears Wolverine. He goes, "You got insurance on this place?" And the guy goes, "No," and he goes, "Too bad." <laughs> that was a good they line. It's a very from, they stole that from Twister, actually. Did they? Do you have full in- uh, coverage? Oh, liability only. Oh, yeah. Well, to be fair, the Avengers stole from X-Men The Last Stand. To be fair. <laughs> these when movies. That scene where Juggernaut is chasing Kitty Pride, very similar to the scene where Hulk is chasing Black Widow. Oh, oh yeah. Ooh. Mm. I got a quote. Okay. It's in the elevator. Wade Wilson. Great. Stuck in an elevator with five guys on a high-protein diet. And then William Stryker's like, oh, Wade. Wade Wilson's like, dreams really do come true. <laughs> <laughs> he was always made to be that character. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I've said for years that Ryan Reynolds is born Deadpool. It just took this long to get the suit. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Uh, I cannot for the life of me come up with an X-Men 3 <laughs> quote. Yeah, same problem I did. Nothing um, better than kill me. But I, <laughs> my favorite from uh, Wolverine was uh, when he sits on the motorcycle for the first time after being adamantized <laughs> and the old man goes oh you're a little heavy aren't you <laughs> i recently gained a lot of weight yeah <laughs> i would say from x-men the last stand that is a script that is full of really cliched stock lines like class dismissed <laughs> you know stuff like that where they're just the cliches there let's not think any harder about yeah. this they can just say really basic stuff the one line that kind of made me chuckle was when Cyclops, he's in total emo, whiny mode, <laughs> and he says to Wolverine, not everybody heals as fast as you. <laughs> and that's, it's a groaner, but it is, it kind of made me chuckle. I like as it. As a way to like, oh, wow, turn his powers against him. <laughs> that's pretty clever. And then I would say for Wolverine, it would be when he calls uh, Fred Dukes, he says to Fred Dukes, listen, bub, and he goes, did you just call me Blob? <laughs> <laughs> and that, I, has Hugh Jackman said Bub a lot in these movies? No. I don't he think says so. them more and more as the movies go on. Okay, I, but that's like super there. Oh, in Wolverine too. I'm sorry. In Wolverine as well, he <laughs> says, uh, they're after me because I'm the best there is at what I do. And what I do best isn't very nice. <laughs> And that's a comic book line. Direct, that's kind of his yeah. catchphrase. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what I was saying with the bub blob thing, yeah. it's that's kind of like in Batman v Superman, where the writers were like, "Oh wow, their moms are both named Martha. <laughs> like, we got to draw attention to yeah. this in a huge way." With X Men oh, Origins Wolverine, you know, I'm sure that 
team of geniuses at the table was like, wait, Wolverine says Bub all the time. We're having him fight a guy named Blob. Maybe we can have kind of a crazy mix a up cell here. Phone moment. Instead what of firing the dad, they actually used him as a writer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof. Uh, mine from X-Men 3 is Mora, because that was the last thing that was said in the movie was over. <laughs> and that was nice. And then I have two from uh, X-Men Origins to make up for Mora. Uh, I love all I ever wanted was to travel off in exotic places and meet new exciting people and then kill them. So I became a mercenary. Because not only was that a great line, but they also used it as a flashback meta joke in Deadpool. He uh. says in the scene to T.J. Miller that he travels off to exotic places, meets new exciting people, People, and then TJ says and kills them and it references not only that Deadpool existed in that film but they're aware of it and they use that line again and explain the exposition and that's been brilliant writing awesome and wow. then right it's like that's 16 in, 16 wall breaking that's wow isn't that brilliant yeah that's really <laughs> good <laughs> layers you guys so yeah he used a line he wrote as a line he wrote about a character he's already <laughs> been again in a film referencing both the film himself and his origins <laughs> boom and then uh, I also loved I love this weapon more than any other thing in the whole wide world. Do you want to know why? It's memorable. Sure, it's a little bulky. Tough to get on a plane. You whip out a couple swords, your ex-girlfriend's wedding. They will never, ever forget it. <laughs> Granted, it's probably not as intimidating as having a gun or bone claws or the fingernails of a bag lady. Manicure? <laughs> uh, I love that whole spiel because not only is it pure Deadpool from the comics, but it also explains why the hell this guy has swords. <laughs> and there's also a beautiful image of just him l- seeing these swords, loving them, and also maybe him going to a wedding. Like yeah. That is so beautifully Deadpool and so beautifully like via Arthur the Sword. Oh, so good. I just yeah. got excited to work up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Deadpool is my shit. So that was really cool for me to see that actually happen. And then it got turned to that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Ends real quick. You guys have reminded me that uh, talking about comic book quotes, I really loved in X3, they gave Beast the famous line, Oh, my stars and garters. Yeah. <laughs> I read right. this morning that was Kevin Feige demanded it. Yes. Really? Of course my he hero. did. Yeah. <laughs> so Kevin Feige's like, no, no, no. He says this weird thing. Yep. <laughs> oh, be speaking of things that last stand well, the fight sequence with Beast was Beast. one of the best part of so, the film. That's cool. The last stand did Beast well. In summation, Beast was so well. Yeah. No. Uh, okay, so review system. Now, this is going to be a little different, and it's going to be rather on the nose. Mutants. Toxic Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Just gross and disgusting. <laughs> that's Both a... films. Well done. Oh. Uh, How about uh, when the Brundlefly teleports and he gets merged with the teleporter door okay. at the end of the fly <laughs> and he's just screaming in agony and needs to be put out of his misery perfect yeah that one uh i would say for x-men 3 blob because it was a bloated mess that couldn't be moved and we had to get through it in order to get new movies okay and then i would say for x-men origins mojo because it was a clear money grab was disgusting and shouldn't exist in any continuity <laughs> Oh, that's good, too. Fuck. I'm going to choose the character Dust, because if you're going to throw in a Muslim mutant in the the universe, Mm -hmm. they got to be racist in some way, (laughs) (laughs) because she's Muslim, she's from the Middle East, and her power is sand. Which which one is that one again? Dust. Dust. Uh, I'm going to go with Man Bear Pig. Yep. Uh, Because it's a horrifying monster that can kill you in your sleep. That's for both movies, by the way. I need a moment. Al Gore never shuts up about yeah. Man Bear Pig <laughs> and the X-Men film. Yeah, film. the X-Men franchise. Yo, Al Gore invented the internet, you guys. He can do what he wants. Yeah. So well, <laughs> let me tell you about Nick Super serial guys. Question yeah. to the group. Who is the, um, 
in first class when Xavier and Magneto they go to like some club where Kevin Bacon's hanging out and they meet that girl with the butterfly wings. Yeah, they called her Angel. Angel. Angel? They called her Angel. Yeah. No, that's a character from There's the a char- there's two Angels, yeah. Well, yeah. that oh, okay. that iteration of the character in the movie. That mutant. Zoe Kravitz? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cuz like the why are you here? <laughs> for all those movies. <laughs> Good. I like it. Yeah, that works. Nice. Uh, okay, so with that, we'll bring today's episode to a close. Uh, time for plugs, plugs, plugs. Everyone loves plugs. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at After the Hype, on Twitter at ATH underscore podcast, Woo! on Instagram at ATH podcast, ATH podcast, and Snapchat at ATH podcast. Uh, I think that's everything. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at YBrianY and on Instagram at CensorLord, Censor spelled with a Z. Chewy? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter as Chewy9 with all one word, and it's Chewy with an I-E. John? Uh, movie Guy John everywhere. Everywhere? Yeah, everywhere, yeah. That's the, that's, the user, that's the name I use for everything, so. Okay. Ryan? Well done. Follow me on Instagram at Audio Adventures, one word. Ooh, Elliot? I am on Twitter at Escape E-L-L. Both of my podcasts, Superhero Sampler and Beyond School, have their own Facebook pages, so feel free to like them. Follow me on Twitter, and you'll get updates for them. Koi? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Koi Jandro, C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U. I have my show Marvel Movie News, and I pop up on Screen Junkies now and again. Cool. Uh, and then today's final question for our goodbye. Recast Wolverine. Taron Edgerton. Oh, that's such well the, done. It's such a good choice. He's so good. He's the height. He's the he's got the he's such a good actor. He just worked with Wolverine. Wolverine gives the vote of confidence, and they will definitely go younger, even though it doesn't make sense for continuity. But we live in a world where they cast by Oscar buzz. So Terry yep. Edgerton. Okay, good choice. All right, uh, I'll do one. Uh, Channing okay. Tatum, twenty years from now. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that'll work. Let's go left field. Robert Pattinson. That is left field. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to redeem himself, and he has that. He's got the hair, intensity. right? Ooh, yeah. can I do one more? Yeah, Scott Eastwood. Ooh, mm. Scott Eastwood's got the the gruffness. He's got the the ness. He's not as well known, so you don't associate him with other work. And Hugh Jackman looks just like Clint Eastwood, so it makes sense to have Scott Eastwood because he looks just like Hugh Jackman in ten years. So we have like this beautiful cycle. There we go. I'm just gonna go completely left field in something that I would find very amusing. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> there are no claws. He's got, <laughs> he's got great hair. He could totally do it. And I, he could definitely say bub. Okay. Just like he used to say, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go for an actor I like, although I'm sure he would be horrible, but I would totally watch the hell out of it. Logan Lerman. Who is Logan? He'd be an adorable little Wolverine. He'd be an adorable Spider-Man. He'd be a cute little Wolverine. He's a Wolvie. <laughs> yeah, Wolvie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Ex-kids. Keanu, Keanu Reeves during Wolverine's uh, samurai stages. Perfect. Dude, that'd be awesome. Also, Mel Gibson for Old Man Logan, by the way. Oh, yeah. that'd be cool. Just saying. I'm going to go wild. Ben Affleck. <laughs> he did so good with Batman. He can do anything he now. He did bulk up, and he I loved amazing. him as Batman. I, know, I, I very not ironically loved his Batfleck. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so that was everybody, right? Yeah. And then some. Yeah, and three. Ben I got excited. Yeah. Perfect. So thank you again for everybody coming on. Thank you again so much for listening. We love you for doing so. Please share and like our podcast. And bye!